Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., Hello everyone, welcome to BYT Radio. My name is Brandon Weatherby. BYT Radio stands for Brightest Young Things Radio. Brightest Young Things is an arts and culture website based out of Washington, D.C. with a presence in New York and Chicago, and we also happen to throw events. Some of the events we throw are true crime related. It's the Death Becomes Us Festival. And on this week's show is the Death Becomes Us, what are you, founder, curator? What do you want to call yourself? I, I, I'm the director, but I'm also the creator. That felt like it, the hair club for men. Ad. The creator, <laughs> director, the creative content lady. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, Jen Tisdale. Jen, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very tired. Why are you tired? Because, because I'm 40 now. And uh, the second you hit 40, your body just collapses into itself like a dying star. But I also spent my 40th birthday in London. London. So I got back yesterday and I'm, yeah, yes, my people. <laughs> <laughs> the The first time I was in London was um, when they were trying to push Fergie's first solo record. Oh my God. Do you know that for one second, I thought you meant the Duchess of the York Duchess, Fergie. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, she has a record? Yeah. That's incredible. So uh, I don't know if you remember the single, but it was London Bridge. No, but I'm assuming it's just her version of London Bridge's song. <laughs> it's it's so it crosses over into great. I love that song. It's so bad, it's good. It's like tattoo level bad. Any like the 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 Russian duo tattoo. Uh, once we're done recording this, I want you to watch the video for London Bridge. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, there was a giant okay. billboard very close to London Bridge featuring Fergie, which has nothing to do with London Bridge. She's co-opting the Duchess. Whatever. Anyways, how was yeah. London? It was great. It's funny that you say tattoo because the first thing I did when I landed, literally I landed and I went to a tattoo shop and I got a tattoo of Anne Boleyn. Um, and so it's you're beautiful. on brand. Yep, very much. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't think I could have planned, not to, I feel like a kind of cheesy for saying this, I don't think I could have planned a better 40th birthday. And That's I did. That's wonderful. It. Yeah. So it was, you know, I did it alone the way God intended. So you went there and you did mm-hmm. something that I think is very American or you enjoyed a very American piece of culture. <laughs> what did you do when you were in London besides well, get a tattoo? Okay. So first, so I, well, the thing that you're referencing actually happened in Manchester. So the, the dreams. I, while trying to figure out what to do for my birthday, I discovered that there was a musical version of my favorite movie in the world, Back to the Future, that was having a soft opening in Manchester, of all places. And it's, the musical was written by Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, the, the two men who wrote the film. Robert Zemeckis, of course, directed it. The music is scored by Alan Silvestri, the man who scored the original film. So I knew it was not just some like weirdo like me making a musical. It, this was the real deal. And I was like, well, that, that's what I have to do. That's 
what I have to do. I have to go see a thing that has brought me just a relentless amount of joy in my life in a new way. And that's what I did. And you liked and it. And I saw it. I liked it so much that I bought a ticket to see it the next night while I was there. So I only had, of course, one ticket. And then literally I woke up the next morning and was like, should I? And then I logged on to see if there were tickets available. And I was like, yes, I should. So I saw it two nights. <laughs> so what is it? Is it a, is it a, it's not a reboot. It's a, is no. it a, is it loyal to the film? What, what is it? It's very loyal to the film. And I, and I mean, should we do some quote unquote spoilers? I don't Obviously, think so. Yes. A hundred percent. I didn't have to like sign an NDA, for example, but here's, they, they obviously, you know, with, with the stage production, you have to do, do some things that, you know, some updates. So, but one thing I did find incredibly interesting and that I didn't think about Doc Brown in back to the future, spoiler alert for someone who has not seen this 35 year old movie, um, is murdered in the movie and he's shot to death by Libyan terrorists. Now I, I, I challenge you to find any child, like young person nowadays who even understands the concept of terrorists from Libya. That's so eighties. It's crazy. But I was like, Oh, they can't like the, what they did in the musical was they had doc Brown accidentally get poisoned by the plutonium that is required to make time travel possible. Okay. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, that's interesting for many obvious reasons. Like today, guns being so incredibly sensitive and awful, like they cannot have Doc Brown being shot to death by high-powered semi-automatic weapons in this play that, you know, or musical rather, where young people will be present. But also just in general today, you just can't have that. And so they that took was, out one was, of the only realistic parts of Back to the Future, the movie, which is a man being murdered by a gun in America. Oh, I would also argue that uh, Marty McFly having a great band is pretty realistic. I don't okay, know. Fine. Yet. So Doc is now poisoned by plutonium and dies. <laughs> well, yeah. So basically, you have to put plutonium into the DeLorean. That's what that's what powers the flux capacitor. God, I love talking about this. Like it's real. And he handles it. He's wearing an old radiation suit. And this was also a funny joke that who's going to get this? Honestly, he goes, so he kind of makes this off the hand comment about how he has a radiation suit that he wore while working on the Manhattan project. And I went, Ooh, it's from the audience when he said that. It's so stupid. Okay. So it's still set in like 85. Yes, it has to be. It has to be. It absolutely has to be. You can't change that whatsoever. Um, you just can't. That would be crazy. Now, then you're just then you're not even. That's not even Back to the Future anymore. Like the time timing has to remain the same. So, but, is there know. a DeLorean on stage? There is, and oh God, Brandon, it's incredible. <laughs> they do such incredible things with this car. I mean, I could you could argue, and I have said this myself, that the DeLorean is the real star of the movie. Sure, not. Yeah, so like, and and again, it's weird. I didn't even think I had no preconceived notions. Which, as a super fan, I don't want to be that person that that goes into this ready to pick it apart and be negative. I was just so excited um, to see something because you know, in 1985, I was too young to see it in theaters, of mm -hmm. course. Um, so I fell in love with it through the magic of blockbuster, R.I.P. Blockbuster, um, like, Kisses to Heaven, We Love You. Um, but like, my mother was like, "You would rent it so many times, it was embarrassing." And I was like, "Thank you for your support." Um, but the joy of seeing like this, I finally got to see something as it was released for the oh, first time. Yes. You see what so that to me was what like made it even more special. I'm, I'm, I, we are all in this together for the first time. And now, there were two. I'm assuming there's no 
cast members from the original film in the original yeah. musical. The only, but the casting was incredible. And the only actor you would maybe recognize, there was a, this, and I don't know who was British and who wasn't. I do have a program, but I haven't really looked at the program. But Roger Bart uh, is an American actor, and he plays Doc Brown. Okay. And I recognized his face immediately, and I was just like, wait, why do I, why do I know that guy? Why do I know that guy? I mean, you'll recognize him. I, I'm, I'm like trying to look at his stuff up now. But if you Google him, he's, he was in The Producers, he was in The Stepford Wives, he was in Harold and Kumar, Escape from Guantanamo Bay, some classics. Are Doc um, and Marty played by American actors? That's the thing. I'd have to look at my programming. But Everyone there were no British me. accents. It was, it was an American yeah. production, yeah. in a way. Interesting enough, the, the actor who plays Marty sounds like Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox when he has this comedic affectation, and I don't know if it was intentional or not that he does, in the movie where his voice cracks a little bit when mm -hmm. he's anxious. And this actor did that. Like it was incredible, but I will tell you the person who stood out the most for me in this production was the gentleman who played George McFly. He, if, if you told me that was Crispin Glover back from the quote unquote dead, he's not dead. Um, somehow forgiving everybody for his time in the film. I would be like, yes, that's Crispin Glover. His voice, his movements physically. It was, I, I was like, I was, I, I cried a lot. So the so you're clearly if you bought a ticket for night two that's a great sign you're in love with this I, musical do you know how the reception yeah. is in Manchester? Every I mean it's been almost sold out every night I've been oh, told that's a and, good reception. Yes, and the there was a young girl sitting behind me night two with her mother who was dressed like Marty McFly she cosplays him and I honestly for me one of the best parts of the entire experience was listening to her mouth the lines from the movie that made it into the musical because i was doing the same thing like quietly not annoyingly and it was just nice it was just like such a it's like it's the same way that i feel when i go to like the maryland renaissance festival here's just a bunch of nerds together who love this thing and it's a super safe space for us all to just really love this thing do you think that this is a obviously I think I know the answer to this question but do you think this is a good thing overall or is this just rehashing nostalgia? I, well, see you, we've talked about this before and I don't think there's anything wrong with rehashing nostalgia but this is definitely not this is a new version of something and again I do think that a part of the joy of this is giving people an opportunity to see something they love for the first time in a way that they may have, might have missed because mm -hmm. like me, they were young, they found the movie later in life or whatever. And it's, it's, I think it's actually very dangerous, quote unquote dangerous. That's so dumb. It's not dangerous, but you know what I mean? It's like you're, this is a movie that is beloved. Yeah. It is beloved and you better know what you're doing if you're going to do this. And that's why the only way it could have been done. And apparently it took, I was reading a little bit about it, 17 years for them to get this off the ground. That's nuts. Uh, so 17 years they were they they for whatever reason everything came together magically uh the year of my 40th birthday as it was prophesied. <laughs> and um yeah, so I you know and, and but you know when I when I read that I thought about um Steven Spielberg saying that he they only made Kingdom of the Crystal Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because they found the perfect script and I thought Steven <laughs> that was not the perfect script. <laughs> Now, I do not know told you. Does the musical have any ties to Back to the Future 2 or 3? It, well, it, the ending is quite similar. They it, nod it, to know, 2 or it's the same ending the, as 1. The nod the well the ending the ending of 1 is of course a nod to 2. It 
gets you it, it, it brings you into the first one in a mm-hmm. sense in the some part into the second one because you know you're um you know doc comes back doc, marty comes back from from 1955 and, and and you know doc is alive he saves doc's life and then doc gets into the delorean he's like i'm going 30 years into the future it's a nice round number so the end of the first film as well as the end of the musical has him coming back like interrupting the film sliding in like with the DeLorean and he's dressed really wacky because it came from 2015, which is now very funny. And he's like, Marty, you have to come back, back to the future. Now in the movie, he says something about his kids, but he doesn't really say that in this production, but they get into the DeLorean and then the DeLorean flies over the audience (laughs) and rotates like Tommy Lee's drum kit. I lost my mind. I lost my mind. Lost it. Did you buy any merch? I bought everything. I bought one of them. <laughs> I don't care. I have a tote bag. I have socks. I have a keychain. I have stickers. I have a t-shirt. It's so great. <laughs> Did you spend more on Back to the Future, the musical merch, than anything else on your entire trip to the United Kingdom? Well, apart from the tattoo, probably. Cool, 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 cool. Do you have a Back to the Future tattoo? I do. What is your Back to the Future tattoo? Face of the clock tower set to ten oh four PM, which is when lightning struck it in nineteen fifty five. Are there any nods to that time, like in the theater when it actually hits ten oh four, does lightning strike in the theater? Um, I mean there's a lot of like delightful lighting work. Sure. You know what I mean? I mean the the, the production is really kind of incredible. And again, you have to remember um, and I do apologize that you're going outside with me for one second. Sorry, listeners. You have to remember that this is the soft opening of this film. I'm sorry, of this production. So there's going to be a lot of bugs. So, but honestly, I saw no bugs. But of course, I have no idea what's supposed to be happening. But no, I mean, actually, you know, I'm sorry. That's a lie. They had to stop for 10 minutes during the first production to work something out. Oh, wow, that, they, they actually it. stopped the musical for 10 minutes. I've never yeah. heard of that. They are like, so sorry, we're having technical difficulties. We'll be back. And I thought to myself, it was right before what I then later discovered, right before the DeLorean had to fly out over the audience. And I just thought, wow, maybe they should have canceled that flight. For yeah, it's <laughs> a pretty big one. Maybe, maybe skip the flight for this particular one. Did any part of you think of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? Okay, where people died. And also, if you think I didn't see that production with my grandmother, you're incorrect. Oh, you saw saw that? that. Oh, my gosh, Brandon. We saw it. We got balcony seats, and several times throughout the performance, Spider-Man goes out to the audience. Do not recommend. And he lands on, like, the edge of the balcony, and his ass was in my grandmother's face every time. And I was like, this is almost like that time we saw Spring Awakening, and neither of us knew what it was about. Did you enjoy (sighs) Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? I did. I did. Okay. And I just want to go on record by saying I also see very classic plays and musicals. I'm not just out there only seeing Back to the Future the Musical or Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. I have seen Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> so we weren't going to talk this much about Back to the Future the Musical, but it only makes <laughs> sense to only focus on this because you clearly loved it. It's nice. It seems like um, super fans, which I think it's fair to say you are, will be happy with this production. Yes, and I, I, I have no idea. I mean, oh, here's another. Gosh, I ran into the producers of the movie at a bar afterwards. They're um, from Hold Korea. Stop. Hold on, stop. The producers of the movie or the musical? Sorry, did I say movie? I meant musical. Okay, okay. Uh, of the music. 
And I was like, you guys should, they're like, when you come to America, they're like, we're probably going to go to Germany next. And I said, bad idea, but sure. <laughs> I said, when you come to America, you should do a soft opening at National Theater. He goes, yeah, we did that for Beetlejuice. I said, guess what? I was there. <laughs> Is this God, better? You know what? Is this better it's than the Beetlejuice the- musical? Well, that's not, I'm not the person to ask that question because I love Back to the Future so much. I also love Beetlejuice. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think it's a more faithful adaptation. Yes. Uh, is there any nods to the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series? No, because that's in Back to the Future 2. I understand, but it it almost happened in Back to the Future 2. Like, be, so the Back to the Future 2 prediction is so odd because there wasn't even a team in Florida yet. Yeah, well, that's I guess that's just like, you know, they, that's the future part where yeah. they're like, imagine a team in... There are a lot of interesting... I mean, sadly, we, we haven't made 400 Jaws movies, but we def, definitely made The Meg, so one could argue... A weird version of killer sea animals still exists to this day. Whether it's, just because it's not Jaws doesn't make it not true. So it's fair to say, back to the music, back to the future of the musical, is your safe space. Yeah, that I mean, yes, and it's. I mean, I cried so many times, and this woman next to me was like, "You know, it's a comedy," and I was like, "I'm aware." <laughs> I'm. You know, it's a comedy. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But like, I was so there's actually a couple there's like a beautiful song about about how, you know, Doc Brown's character is someone who failed many times throughout his life as a scientist and this is the first time an experiment of his God, I can't believe I'm talking like this about this movie <laughs> at Class Musical. But this is the first time in both the film and the musical where an experiment of his actually worked and there's this lovely like song about, you know, how it's this one's for the dreamers and you're just like, Yeah, man, don't give up. <laughs> Now, do you watch Rick and Morty? I don't because because of the weird compa- like I consider that a, just a bastardized version of two characters that I love. Okay, so do you know if there are any yeah. nods to Rick and Morty in the musical? I wouldn't know. Okay, I, I've never watched it. I, How did you I, know you they know? were the producers of the musical in the bar? Well. There was there was only it was just me and these uh, three men from Korean men and I said something the bartender was like oh where are you just coming from I said oh back to the future of the musical and the guy goes I'm one of the producers and I whipped around so fast and I was just like let me tell you one of the three Korean men yes they're all the producers it's it's produced by some sort of Korean production company which I find interesting I cannot remember if it's North or South it's probably the good one and um, <laughs> we'll let you decide which one's the good one listener <laughs> yes <laughs> the best thing to say. No, I think it's funny. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, five stars, six thumbs up. That's great. Whatever you're. I'm very glad that you enjoyed your time in Manchester with Back to the Future, the musical, a musical that will probably be, end up at National Theater. It sounds like it should have been made two decades ago. In a way, it's probably better that it wasn't. And now that there's the technology to have a DeLorean fly over the stage and not injure anyone. So, I'm glad you enjoyed your time there. Uh, is there anything work coming up on Brightest Young Things that you're working on that you're excited about? Uh, well, I mean, speak, speaking of, of musical adaptations, um, as I, yes, like I, as I was in England, uh, I got an email from uh, Kaylee, current assistant editor, current editor in Absentia for you, and it just read, "Do you want to interview Sting?" <laughs> and I said, "What?" So Sting of the Police fame. Adapted is making his own musical adaptation of loosely based on an album that he recorded, a solo album like 30 years ago. 
called the Soul Cage, Soul Cages. And and I said, yes, and I get to do it in person. And guess what? He performs a song of your choosing for you during your interview. I am a, I'm, listen, I'm about to get a private performance from Sting. Could I put in my one request? Is it Walking in Your Footsteps, that weird song where he talks about dinosaurs? I would like for you to bring a piece of Sting from the WCW merchandise and see if he'll sing, mm-hmm. he'll sign it. I knew you were going to do that. Why? We've just been talking for 20 minutes about a DeLorean that flies over the crowd. You know who came down from the rafters? Sting, the wrestler in WCW. (laughs) And he had crow makeup. Come on. They just stole the crow gimmick. Yes, I will do it. I will will absolutely do it. And you know what? Here's the thing. I I assume this is a 15-minute interview, but I think we can tantrically stretch it out for eight hours. That's a great place to end it. Thank you so much, Jen. Uh, when does yeah. death when is death becomes us New York? Pardon? Death becomes oh, us New York. My job, you mean? Um, April twenty third through the twenty fifth. Well, I had to think about it. I'm still in vacation mode. And are there any are there any shows that are on Death Becomes Us New York that you're excited about? There's uh, well, the the opening show I'm very excited about this podcast called Morbid Podcast, and I believe they're going to do. I pitched them. It's the 40th anniversary of the death of John Lennon. I pitched them a Mark David Chapman uh, live show, but like scattered throughout, we stop and and do uh, John Lennon karaoke as like a palate cleanser and a tribute to John Lennon. So I think we're going to do that. All right, so that's at the Gramercy Theater in New York, April 23rd to the 25th. That becomes us DC returns in November. Is that correct? Yeah, November 13th. Uh, 14th and 15th. There you go. So for more information about that, go to brightestyoungthings.com. Uh, I am hosting a 12-hour version of my show, You, Me, Them, Everybody, to no, on Saturday at the Wonderland Ballroom, so come out to that. Hopefully no one is murdered. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a wonderful night.